Hello, this is Tim Convoy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. Man, whoo, that's good. That is good. That is good. That gets me fired up. I get excited about that. I love that line, heaven fights for me. That one just, that one gets me every time. I'm like, yeah, I need someone to fight for me. And I don't need people to fight for me. I need heaven to fight for me. I'm thankful that Jesus fought for me on the cross. And I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit keeps fighting for me every single day and doesn't give up on me. Amen. Yeah, three of you are excited about the Holy Spirit like I am too. I like that. That's good. (laughs) Oh, mercy. Hey, congratulations. You made it to 2019. Yes, yes. You know, last week I talked about 2018. And and if you remember, if you were here um, or maybe you watched online, but I, I took it from the standpoint of looking back at 2018, not from the, thank God it's over, but rather from the, I challenged you to look back and remember the moments where God, you know without a shadow of doubt that God was moving. You were able to look back and see where blessings and where good stuff was happening. Things were good and not just seeing the bad in the year. But you remember I said magnifying the Lord with thanksgiving. And that we exalt him through our praise and through our words of affirmation and thankfulness for, for what, um, that, what he is doing in our life. And, and so 2018 is done. We're done with that one. And now it's 2019. And the question is, is what does 2019 look like for you? What, what does 2019 hold for you? What is the plan for 2019 for you individually but for us corporately as well. Because, you know, the part of this is that lots of times we can look and say, well, we're a bunch of individuals, but the reality is is that we're united by the blood of Christ, and so we are one body. And so as much as God is going to move in your life individually, he's moving in our life corporately as well and directing us as a church of where we're going and what we're doing. And so when I say to you, what does 2019 look like for you? Thank you, sir. That's a good brother-in-law right there. Not only does, what does 2019 look like for you, but what does it look for all of us? Because you impact us. And so as we came into the new year, I really struggle being up here. I want to be on the floor with you guys. I like to walk amongst you. So if I come down there, don't be, I just, sometimes being up here, I don't like, it's just, well, I have to because the camera's on me. So never mind. The people in the internet world need me to stay right here. That's what I'll do. But as we rolled into 2019, there was this saying that I kept hearing over and over. And I, I, apparently I've never heard it before. It was kind of new to me this year. And a friend of mine, we were just talking about it. And I, I thought it was, um, it's a good saying. But I, I kind of was having a, a, I felt like it was a funny saying. And, and it was, new year, new me. Some of you, like, heard, maybe some of you woke up on January 1st and said, new year, new me. Yes. And I'm not poking fun at that, but my challenge was, is like, what does that even mean? New year, new me. Like, what does that mean to an individual? Because it's like, you didn't go to bed 
Well, some of you went to bed really early on January 30, or December 31st, and you didn't even see the ball raised, but you went to bed, and you got up the next morning, and it wasn't like you completely forgot what 2018 was, and that you, you, didn't, you didn't wake up and go, I am no longer the person I was in 2018, I am a new person today. Right? So that isn't how it works, it isn't how it happened, and, um, and so it, it wasn't an instantaneous thing. You, you can't change you couldn't wake up that morning and change who you are from 2018. And, I'm, and I promise you, I'm not poking fun of, at the, the, the process of that. Because I actually love the process of what it really means is, is that new year, new me. I've got some goals. And you know what? I'm going to make them happen. This is going to be the year that I'm going to accomplish those things. Well, for some of you, you'd call them Resolutions which are always tough because you have two different sides of that. You have some who make resolutions and they keep them. And then you have some who like they've had the same resolutions for the past 20 years and they've accomplished none of them. But this is the year I am going to accomplish something. I've got a goal or two to be closer to the person that you think you want to be. That's the thing that I was really honed in on is this process of new year, new me, is that there's something I think I want to be. There's some, there's something about me that I want to be a certain way. And so in order to do that, I got to start working towards that. I got to work towards that process. And I was thinking about that statement and the new you, because it's a new year. Is it who you want to be or is it what, who God's calling you to be? Because our goals are, 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 are should, we should line up with what God's calling us to be. The other thing about this whole new year, new me, is um, who you were on January 1st of 2019 will not be who you are on December 31st, 2019. You don't have a choice in this. You have no say in this in any way, shape, or form, because life will happen, things will take place, circumstances will arise, you will encounter things, you will interact with people, and people will interact with you, and on December 31st, you will look back at January 1st and say, I am not the same person I was on that day. You don't even have to have goals. You don't even have to say, I, got, I have resolutions that I'm putting in place. You do not have to put anything in to, to begin that process because this year you will change and you will continually be a new you on a daily basis. However, let's look at it from the standpoint of what does that mean for you in the sense of, sense of this. If you don't have a choice in this and you don't have a say in this and you will be a new you on a daily basis and at the end of the year you will be different than when you started, will you be better or will you be bitter? Will you be a better you or will you be a worse you? Because there are some things that are out of your control. There's things out there that you don't have the ability to change or stop. And so will they cause you to be better or will they cause you to be bitter at the end of the year? We talked about 2018. I said, I talked about how you had a lot of things that you went through, that you needed to go through. You had to experience them. 
because they shaped and formed you into who you are today. The thing is, is it's a question of did 2018, did you end that better or bitter? Is it every year this is what we're faced with? Every day we're faced with these new circumstances. I think about that process and what that means and, and how we have to experience things. There are things that are going to happen because we have an enemy that is attacking us, that is coming after us, that is chasing us. You know, you think about the Israelites when they went through the Red Sea, right? Now, we get the, we get the luxury of looking back and having an awe moment. Like, oh, man, wouldn't that have been cool to see like a wall of water on each side? and dry ground, right? It would have been cool to see that. But the reality is, is that at the moment, they were being pursued by an enemy that was chasing them. That was right, it was behind them. They knew the enemy was coming. Do, and I often wonder about that moment, and I think, do you think that they were, had an ability to be in awe, or do you think they were just like us, and they were running in fear, and, and go, I hope I make it. I hope the enemy doesn't take care of, take me over. I hope that I just get through this. How often does it happen? God is moving in our life and in ways that is like around us and we're going, we miss it because the enemy is pursuing us because we have circumstances that are happening that we just see them for what they are. But the reality is you have to go through those moments just like they had to go through the Red Sea so that your enemy could be destroyed. Right? What's going on behind you is the enemy getting destroyed because here's what happened last year. In 2018, you had things happen, and this is what the enemy thought. This will take them out. They will stop praising God. They will stop worshiping. They will stop coming to church. They will stop, they'll stop doing this. They will stop loving Jesus. And your enemy was destroyed because here you are today. You're proving the enemy wrong. You're going, nah, uh nope. Nope, I'm going to keep pursuing and I'm going to keep expecting and I'm going to, ex I know that God is still moving in my life despite what happened back there. And so that's why I challenge you to look at 2018, not from the standpoint it was bad, but what was God doing? He was destroying the enemy over and over because you kept coming back. You kept getting up every day and going, I'm going to still walk in faith. And, you know, when I entered 2018, I was excited for the church. I was like, man, look, another year. Take that, devil. We're going to keep on going. I don't know. I, got, I get excited. You know, we get, whatever you do at the end of the new year, for me, I was just like, mm, 2019, devil. It's going to be a year of beat up for you. That's going to be rough. I can't wait to watch it. Mm. So... But let's just say that everybody here woke up 2019 and you all said, New Year, new me. And the church as a whole said, New Year, new us. How does that happen? Like, how does that take place? How do you take what's in your mind and in your heart to literally physically happening? with your body? I'm glad you asked. It's a good question. Because like many people, I began praying early on, or well, no, I wouldn't say early on, I'd say throughout the year, at the end, towards the end of 2018, I began to say, you know, Lord, what's your word for me? And, and I, in all honesty, I felt like he gave me a word 
for the church as a whole. And I, I said, well, I'm going to take it for me, but it wasn't a cool word. Some of you get words for the year and they're like really pretty and cool and you like make cool things out of them. And you're like, I don't know, for some of you ladies, they're like, you somehow really make it a beautiful thing. And I got this word that was like, that was, that was the word? That was it? Like, that was a simple word. That I, How do you can't even beautify that thing? Like, I don't even know how to put make that something. But I felt like the word was stride, stride. And there's two different um, definitions of them. You know, there's two, di- two different tenses of the word. One is a verb, which requires action, and one is a noun. And they're very similar. In fact, as they just left up part of what's on the first one in order to make the second one. It's kind of, they're the experts. So, But the first one is walk with long decisive steps in a specified direction or another way to say it is cross like crossing an obstacle with one long step so it's long step a specific step a specific direction that you're taking that step in then the other the other part is well they just said a long decisive step which is pretty non-descriptive of the first part because they just left off in a specified direction i think i could have come up with that one but a long, decisive step, or a step or stage in progress toward an aim. I felt like God was saying that as a church, it is time to begin taking steps towards where we're supposed to be going. And how do we do that? How does that look? How does that happen? Because we are called for a specific call. And that means we have to do something about that course when i was thinking about stride it has to do with running and and uh thank goodness coach is not in second service because i I was thinking about stride and how when i was in school i played uh, basketball and football all the way up through high school and and, um i hated running like everything i could figure out a way to get out of running while we were doing something i was pretty good at that because it hurt when I ran. I, I didn't know how to run properly. Like I didn't have a good, I didn't realize this until, the, until I was really putting this together. And I was like, no wonder I didn't like running. I didn't have a good stride. No one taught me how to run properly. I was just running to try to not be the last guy to be, so they wouldn't make fun of me. I mean, that was my goal in running. And in fact is coach had a thing for us. We, we had to play a sport every seat, every um, part, you know, uh, fall. You, you needed to play something to stay in shape. And so he was on me about playing, you know, being a part of track. And I, I, I told you, I don't like running. And so I was like, well, track is dumb because all you do is run. So that's out. So I figured out a way to become part of the golf team because there was absolutely no running in that thing at all. And I didn't even care if I was good at it. It just kept me out of track. That was it. I had fun. I had a blast. But, you know, I look back and I go, man, I just... I was not good at running. I wasn't good at, I definitely didn't want to be in track. We had to run for a race. I was, I was not going to get any prize there. So, you know, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says, it's talking about the need for self-discipline. 2019 is going to be a year of self-discipline. It says, do you not know that in a race all the, men, all the runners run? That's pretty profound. Runners run. That's good. That would have been funny if you said all the walkers run. So where all the runners walk. So, but the runners run, not only, but only one gets the prize. Hence me not being in track. 
runs in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. I do feel like that 2019 is a year of training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Have you ever watched someone run around aimlessly? It's a hoot. It's great. They're like all over the place, right? So I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Which I think is funny because I think if you've ever wrestled with the devil at all, you've thrown some punches at him in the air. I've done that a few times. I'm going to beat you up, dude. Let's go. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. What is the prize? Is 2019 going to be a year of running around aimlessly on your part? You're like, no, I didn't wake up going, hey, I'm just going to run, run aimlessly this year and not know what's going on. I, I've got a plan. I've got a trajectory. But I say, do we really? Because sometimes there are things that we're shooting for that are not eternal. They don't last. And God's calling us to begin to take strides and intention to go somewhere for a crown that does last. Here's the other thing that I've been learning about running. Do you know it's not so much about your legs? That's crazy. It's not so much about your legs. It's not about the strength of your legs. It's not if you have super long legs. Some of you are like, I got super short legs. There's no way I'm running ever. And it's not about the length of your legs. It's not about the strength of your legs. It's about the mechanics that attaches to your legs. There's three factors that play the largest role in stride efficiency and the ability to take long strides. Some big words I'm about to share with you here. The first one is called vertical oscillation. Serious, okay? And that is the up and down motion of your pelvis. The less is better. You don't want it moving up and down a lot. There's a reason that has an effect on the third one. Okay. The second part of this, very, very, and, and I know this to be true because I had someone come up afterwards who ran track in college and showed me some pictures, and this is true, but how bent your knee is. In fact, is the more bent, the better. It helps with how your foot connects to the ground. In fact, is in um, hurdles, that's even more of the issue. Most people think when you, when you go over a hurdle, their leg is straight. It's not. It's actually bent because it's preparing for the connection to the pavement to propel to the next step. And so the bending, the how bent your knee is. And then the third part, they, sit, they label it simply as breaking. And this is what happens. And the first part, in vertical oscillation, if your pelvis is moving up and down a lot, all right, what it does is it has the ability to make your feet slow down as they hit the ground which means they're not as efficient when you hit with one foot and then try to go to hit with the second foot. And it's weird. when I was talking about whole bending of your knee, um, I was trying to do this without running. So I was like, I was like doing this. I was going like, and then I looked like a horse trying to count because I was just, I couldn't, you know. But if you, if you ever go look at someone running, watch how their leg is not straight 
and that you can watch. Uh, I actually saw, he actually showed me a picture in between services of him with his leg, how it was perfectly bent, how the foot was p- perfectly prepared to make connection. But the guy that he was beating, his leg wasn't as bent and the foot wasn't connecting properly. And that's how he was. He said, I, I won races a lot. He said, I, he said, our coach told us all about that. Was, those mechanics that we, we learned about. And I was like, well, that's, that's good for you. It didn't work for me in high school. No one told me this stuff. But the, these three things, vertical oscillation, how bent your knee is, and the braking part of things, it's a proper stride that not only allows you to run faster and use energy more efficiently, but it also protects your body from injury. So the, to the mechanics of those three things, the reason why you, if you were a runner, you would study this and want to know that, is the ultimate goal is to increase your stride length while maintaining a quick foot turnover. You want your foot to turn over quicker. You want it to be able to go quicker. And, and if it's up or down, or you, that's what it, to establish a good stride so that your running is efficient and you don't get hurt. I feel like as a church, I don't feel like, I know as a church, we do a lot of running. We also do a lot of hurting because we're running improperly. Some of our stuff is out of balance. Some of the things that we're doing are out of balance. Things that are connecting to our legs are not hitting the ground properly. But I want to I dig into those three things because you didn't come here to learn how to run better. I mean, you might have. Some of you may be runners. Maybe you didn't know this stuff. But the reality is, is I think that most of you did not get up this morning thinking, I hope that I learn about how to have a better stride because I plan on doing a mini marathon this afternoon. And this year is one of your goals. Vertical oscillation. The point of vertical oscillation is this. It is about your legs, but it's not as much about your legs as it is how it's connected to the core. Your core is your balance. When you're well-balanced... Your core will help the pelvis not move up and down, which means your legs become more efficient. Right? But I'm not talking about physical legs. When I say, how is your balance, how are your spiritual legs connected to your core? Your core is the balance of what God is doing in your life, where you are with what God's doing Sometimes we resist and fight God. We don't train properly. We don't stretch. We don't work the areas of our life that need to be worked in a format. We wrestle against it. And I'm not talking about your stomach muscles. I'm talking about your spiritual core of what's going on that keeps you in balance. We will not achieve the things that God has called us to achieve achieve if we are not balanced emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So vertical oscillation is about you gaining spiritual legs in 2019. The bending of your knee. How bent is your knee? Better terms, how is your prayer life? How is your prayer life? The bending of the knee helps with proper placement of your foot when it hits the ground. Your prayer life helps proper connection to your feet when they hit the ground. Your spiritual feet when they hit spiritual ground. That's what prayer life does. Your prayer life helps, um, it helps you run the correct direction. 
without pain or hindrance from emotion. We need, we have to be balanced in that area in our emotions. I was thinking about this part, not necessarily about prayer life, but about the pain or the hindrance from emotion. Um, when we were younger, we did a lot of biking. We would bike a lot. I had a friend that kind of talked me into it, and I kind of got, I loved doing it. And we would go on like long rides, 30, 50, 100-mile rides. Like we would, we would get up and bike all the way over to Bloomington, have lunch, and then bike home. Um, or we would go up north around the, uh, the lakes. I mean, we'd go all the way up to the lake around it and then come back home. And, you know, we would go out on these long rides and stuff like that. And so we were, we were, we did it a lot. And so we were physically balanced. We were really ready and, you know, but I I was talking about how you need to keep your, your emotions have to be balanced and in check. And so um, I would do a lot of these events where they're like like the Hilly Hundred. You're familiar with that. There's the Hope Ride, and there was there's rides all over the place. And they're like you can do 25 or 50 miles or 100 miles sometimes. And for a couple of years, I did this by myself. But I finally talked to Michelle in the, not only riding with me, and we did training and stuff like that. But I talked her into doing an event with me, a 50 mile ride. And um, we were prepared for it great ride all the sag stops were great food was great people were great as we're going down this stretch of road she says my odometer says 50 miles i'm done I was like, what i was like well we're not done she said they said 50 miles and then she starts to cry she's like i can't make it they said 50 miles i was prepared for 50 miles and I'm like, okay. I said, you, you can make it. And you know, she's like, I can't make it. And her eyes are getting big. And she's crying. And, and then, you know, that's, so we're like, we're made to 51. She's like, it's still not the end. We're at 51. So now she's not crying anymore. Now she's mad. Why would they advertise you a 50-mile ride when it's not 50 miles? So now she's I'm like, you can make it. She's like, I can't make it. She's like, you know what? I'm stopping. You just go on and make them come get me. You send somebody to come pick me up. And I'm going to tell them what they think about this, what I think about this 50-mile ride. I was like, baby, you can't do that. We, we need to make friends here. It's going to be good. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm trying to encourage her, and she's like, quit. Stop telling me I can make it. And so, you know, the crazy thing is, is the last four miles, yes, 54 miles is what we really did. The last four miles, she was so emotionally broken that she just tucked her head down and she just followed the wheel in front of her, which was me. And while we're going, I'm seeing all of the beauty of God's creation. And she was so emotionally broken that she missed all of it. How often does that happen to us when the enemy messes with us and we go, I can't make it. I can't do it. And we tuck our head down and we just follow the people and we follow what's in front of us and we just hope they're leading us the right direction. It's because we're emotionally... Now listen, my wife is very emotionally balanced, but I'm telling you what, don't mess with rides with her. If you're going to do one and it's going to be 10 miles, it better be 10 and nothing more. No, I'm kidding. She would be fine today. That was the first one. I'm telling you, we learned the lesson on that one. We asked them after that. Is this really 25 miles? Well, it's going to be about 27. Good. Now we know. 
Don't you have to do that sometimes? You need to get mentally prepared in order to keep your emotions in check so that you don't miss out what God's doing around you. But bending your knee, put your prayer life in place so that you can be the one who can be without pain or hindrance from your emotions. And then the third part was breaking. Breaking, what does that mean? I was talking about how that because if your core is out of whack, then what connects to your legs is going to make them uh, operate in a fashion that actually physically is like a break. It actually slows you down. It actually stops you. So you could be like running as hard as you possibly can. You're like, why can I not get any faster? And it's because you're like a little out of balance. And sometimes I feel like that's how it is with God. We're like, we're wanting to move. We're wanting to go like, God, why won't you do the way I'm trying, I'm going, I'm doing everything. I feel like I'm doing everything. Why can't I just get moving? Why can't I just go? And the reality is, is your core is out of balance. And so your spiritual legs are not properly functioning and not hitting the ground properly. And I believe that the Lord wants to deal with all three of these this year, in 2019. When spiritual core is in balance and your knees are bent correctly, no matter how much the enemy comes at you, you will meet the goals that God has put in your heart. You will have strides that are long and efficient and specific in where you're going. As the Lord was beginning to unpack this in my life and in my mind and my heart, and began to, to really reveal to me that, you know, all of this is spiritual. We get to talking about spiritual things, like we, we want to move in spiritual things. But the truth be known, you can't move in spiritual things without a literal physical movement. And I talk, I'm saying these three things, and they're kind of analogies, and, and you're like, well, you know, that... That kind of connects to it. But the reality is, I believe 2019 is going to be a year of the church physically taking steps towards the goal of what the church was meant to be. Not just doing church. Not just showing up and saying, I checked the box, I got my church in, and now the rest of the week, I'm not even who I was on Sunday morning. That, I'm watching the camera that literally the church needs to begin to physically start taking steps towards not only what God is calling us to do, but to be the people that we're called to be, not in here, out there. That's where the people are that need us. They need us to be able to run efficiently. They need us to be able to take strides that leads us to them. Because the reality is, we're talking about running a race. There are people who have not entered into the race with us. And I want to see more people not only enter our race, but my belief is that they will run better than I will. Better than I will. They'll do things better than I will be able to do. They will have giftings that I don't have. They will have talents that I don't have. They will reach people that I can't reach. Because that's what we're actually called to be, is a church that reaches the lost. Not a church that had a good service. Not a church that says, that was pretty good preaching. For some of you, I really didn't like any of that. 
but a church that reaches the lost. Not, I kind of liked four of, of the six songs. Well, I'm glad you liked four of them because we did too many songs today. That is not a church. That is a room full of people who have not entered the race and began to work on spiritual core and spiritual legs that gets them to be doing what God has called them to do. And I really feel like that 2019 is a year for the church as a whole, individually and corporately, begin to say, I don't want to do just church. I want to see God move. I want to see lives transformed. I, want to, I don't only want to see the lost get saved, but I want to see healings take place. Emotional, spiritual, and physical healings. I want to see people that have said, the church hurt me. The church begins to reach out to them and love on them in a format that they go, this is not the church I knew. This is not a church full of people that are, that are selfish and only care about what they get. This is a church full of people that says, man, I'm important. I believe that 2019 is a year that is the Lord is saying, it is time to quit playing church. You have got to quit sitting and you have got to start running. Physically, you've got to start moving. But the deal is for us to begin to move physically, we have got to be training spiritually. We have got to be training spiritually. There are things we need to be doing. During Encounter Weekend, um, Pastor Tim uh, Roberson from California shared, he was talking about how, um, you know, our worship is phenomenal. Our worship on Sundays is phenomenal. But I'm telling you, Encounter Weekend, man, it is it's a completely different level. And, and it's because of the, it's not because the, the it's not because the musicians are any different or any better. It's the exact same. The difference is, is that the people that come in the door are so expecting God to move that it actually, their worship actually makes the worship better. And he, he was saying, you know, the thing about it is, is I am, his worship was not, worship life was such that was causing him to become, to stay balanced. And to be in, and so we are called to be accomplishing these things. Spiritual balance. We have these things. Uh, some of the guys and I talk about um, churchisms, these sayings that the church throws out there that sometimes it's like, what does that even mean? You know, like, dig deeper. We digging holes around here? I mean, like, what's going on? Like, you know, or like, you know, just dig deeper. I love stuff like that. It's like, I need to be more spiritual. What does that mean? Right. But the reality is, is that there's truth behind those things. Some of you, when you say it, you go, I know what that means to me. Dig deeper. I need to quit being lazy and letting somebody else dig the hole. I need to start dig, digging in. I need to start getting into the trench. I need to start doing this. For some of us, we know what these mean. But there are people out there that don't. And I think this year is a year of changing that to where those, those isms go away. And the reality is, is we start just speaking plainly to people. And we go, you know what? Jesus loves you and he just wants you. He just wants you. He wants all of you. What can I do to help you get there? 
was talking about the word stride. And the thing about stride is this. Most people don't begin to, they don't say, well, I'm going to become a runner. And then they just go do a marathon instantly. They start out small. They start very small. In fact, is most strides, there is this process of increasing your stride. So while you're running, you take 15 seconds and you run harder and more specific in how your footsteps are. But then you take a break and you give yourself a moment to breathe. And I believe that, you know what, God's calling us to do that this year. There are moments when you are going to run after what God's calling you to run after in a slow manner. And there are times when he's going to say, I need you to pick up the pace. And then he's going to say, you know what, now it's time to breathe. Rest. Hold back for a minute. And actually when you do that, it gives you the ability to have a longer stride and to become more efficient. And you take a longer stride and there's this process. And God's calling us into that process. But it's little things. It's little things. I love the people that do resolutions and they make a list and it's like 20 long. Because there's at least 10 people, especially if you're on social media, someone puts it out there, there's at least 10 naysayers that go, yeah, I'll give you a month and you'll be back to normal and give up on all of them. And the reality is, is that's kind of true because we are people who need small goals. Um, Franklin Covey has a thing called the WIG, Wildly Insane Goal. And the rea- what they say is, is that if you, as a corporation or as an individual, give yourself maybe uh, 15 to 20 goals, you will accomplish four. If you give yourself about 10 goals you will accomplish two. But if you give yourself... Because if you have too many goals, you're bouncing all over the place. I believe that that has been the church for too long. We are trying to do too many things, and we need to get back to the basic of Jesus is still king, people are still lost, and and we need to maybe... And then God begins to go, okay, I can work with this. And he begins to open up other goals. Your little bit of faithfulness and obedience... Coupled with the much of God has Psalms thirty-seven sixteen. There's a passion translation that I really like in little combined with much of God. It's better to have the little that you have to bring to the table to be coupled with the much of God. You can accomplish a lot. And that's so true. Because how often do we feel like we're not doing enough? And that's why we give ourselves 20 resolutions or 20 goals at any point in time. Because we're like, I need to be a winner. And I'm going to give myself all these things to do. And I'm going to accomplish all of them. I'm, going to be, I'm just going to be, everybody's going to love me for how organized. And at the end of the year, we look back and we go, man, I accomplished nothing. I kind of did a little bit here. I kind of did a little bit here. I kind of did a little bit here. And I did a little of this. I didn't accomplish one thing. But you know, the crazy thing is, is if individually we will focus on one thing, the whole church is moving forward and focusing on a bunch of things. We, as a corporate, are getting healthy and balanced and strong spiritually, which is what we're called to be doing. Steady focus, not giving up when it gets hard.
I say that in retrospect to thinking about Jesus. You know, the crazy thing about Jesus is he knew how much time he had on earth. He knew how much time he's going to be here. Three years. Not a lot of time. And most of us, and, and this really is for the church as a whole. This is a church for the church as a whole. But most of the time, we are trying to figure out some kind of hook, some kind of thing that will make people want to come to church. But you know, Jesus never felt frantic or panicked about how to get people in. He just took steady steps. I do, I'm doing what I see the Father doing. And he took steady steps, and he was intentional. He had a plan. He knew what was going to happen. He wasn't worried. He wasn't, like, figuring out, trying to find some kind of game. You know what? What if the church just got back to just saying, you know what? I don't need a gimmick. I got Jesus. I don't, I don't need to. Listen, you need to come to church because that's, that's where my family is. That's what Sunday mornings are about encouraging, loving on, going, hey, have a great week. This is going to be a great week. God's going to do incredible things. You're going to have a divine appointments this week. And this is your week. This is your week to have God move in a powerful way. This is your week to do something. Get out there. Let's go. And we encourage each other to go out. How often does someone come in the door not even greeted, not even welcomed, not even loved on, and they leave feeling more insignificant than when they walked in the door. And the churches, and I'm ashamed to say, are always trying to figure out some form of way to get them in the door. But the reality is, is we can't get them in the door. Only you can. It's you. But we can't do it if we're not spiritually healthy. We can't do that if we're not spiritually. I believe that. I believe that we are called to not be in a hurry. We are to be taking strides towards whatever God is calling you to do. Whatever God is calling you into. And I believe that at the end of 2019, I believe at the end of 2019, we will be able to look back and you will be able to look back and say, the enemy tried, and he was defeated there. And the enemy tried, and he was defeated there. And the enemy tried, and he was defeated there. The reality some of you are like, well, I really don't want to have that many attacks. The reality is this. The, Jesus said, never said it was going to be easy. He said he would be with you till the end of time. That should be enough to empower us. That should be enough to say, I can make it through. I can do it. But we have to have each other's backs. We've got to be that church that says, man... You should come on Sunday morning. The preacher's not that great. But I'm telling you what, the presence of the Holy Spirit is phenomenal. Don't tell Tim I said that. Because his preaching is phenomenal. But I'm telling you, we shouldn't be ashamed to invite people to come enjoy, encourage that it's not doing church, that we're doing life and ministry. That's what 2019, I believe with everything that's inside of me, 2019 is going to be about becoming spiritually healthy to the point that we are balanced and that we, our spiritual legs, are taking us places that we never thought we'd be taken. And I don't care what your age is. If you're still here, you still have a purpose. And so many check out when they hit a certain age and they go,
I've done my time. You've done no time. You're still here. When you're done doing time, you'll go home. But while you're here, you have things to do. The flip side of that is, is I'm too young. I'm not able. I believe the Lord is calling us to be the best multi-generational church possible. What does that mean? That's where young people are praying as much. Their knees are bent as much as the older person. Maybe more. Maybe it should be a competition. It's not. It totally isn't. It's not. Because our young people, they're pretty, they're pretty on it. So, so are our old people, older people, our not-so-young people. I'm telling you, as the worship team comes up, if you stand up, 2019 is going to be a year. If you allow the Holy Spirit to begin speaking to you, if you allow the Holy Spirit to take you in strides, if you will allow to be the person that says, Lord, use me for one thing right now. And then when you release me to the next thing, I'll take that. There's a destiny that each and every one of you is called to walk in. There's an anointing that each and every one of you has. It's time to start walking in it. 2019 is that year. I love it. We'll have people that will come forward and we'll have some people to pray with people if they need prayer. But here's what I want to challenge you. I want to ask you this. Are you running the race efficiently? Perhaps maybe you have not entered the race. Perhaps maybe you do not know Jesus as your Savior. We'd love the opportunity to introduce you to him. would love for you to join the race with us. We'd love to run alongside you. We'll have people to come forward and be available for prayer. Some of you raised your hands today and said, I have a need. You know what? If you'd like someone to pray with you again, come forward. We have young people that are ready to pray, and we have not so young people who are ready to pray. We can be praying together, but we just want to be lifting you up, encouraging you. But you know what? Just remember, as we go out today, as you go out into this week, as you begin to go into the, the world that tries to beat you up, heaven is fighting for you. Heaven is fighting for you. That should give you strength to get up every single day and go, man, I don't know what's in front of me, but I know who is running alongside me. And I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make it happen. I mean, I'm limping. The enemy tripped me up a little bit, but I'm still going and I'm excited about it. I'm ready to make it happen. There is a joy that we're supposed to wake up every morning with. We've got to start capturing that. Spiritual healthy is where it's at. We have to be there. You know what? The altar is open. If you want to come forward and bend the knee and pray, maybe you want to pray with your family, your spouse, a friend. You just want to pray, what does God have for me? What does 2019 look? I've already got six days in and I haven't done anything. I'm ready to go. Come to the altar. Bend that knee. It's open. It's a place of safety. It's where you lay things down and let them get burnt up. We just want to encourage you.
Let's worship.